One of the great moments I've had with uh, Mark Gottfried was it's it's never personal. It's never about you, right? Like he called and yelled at me one time about, well, you know, I'm not the only person to ever lose to Carolina. I'm like, yeah, but you're the only one to lose by 51 points. I, you know, that's like, true. Like I had to point that out to him one time and I had to say to him, you know, it's not personal. I'm just pointing out what actually happened. Welcome to an ACC podcast. I'm Lauren Brownlow. Um, still trying to figure out what and how exactly going to navigate this weird time without sports, but I'm sure you all are like me sitting at home and not really knowing what to do and looking for new podcasts or just any sort of podcast entertainment. So uh, we'll try to get through this. We will. Um, and I was trying to think like, gosh, who would be the best person to have on? And it might be like one of the only other humans I've seen in the last like week and a half. Uh, uh, Joe Gillio, because he's now my coworker. Hi, Joe. Hi, Lauren. Um, I wanted to have Joe on because Joe and Joe Ovius, who I have not had on this podcast yet. I'm going to have to during this. Uh, Wait, for real? I have not yet. No, we we had it set up actually um, a couple times that we were going to do it if certain things shook out a certain way, but they just didn't. And like just various scenarios of like doomsday and sea state type scenarios, but then it just didn't work out. So it's going to happen at some point. I figure like I can always get him on. So I just don't oh, really, I thought you know, like true if I was your favorite show. I mean, for, <laughs> I'm not going to say that you're not <laughs> uh, for this podcast, especially because like, I mean, you're somebody who I, I don't blame Joe Ovius for not wanting to consume too high of an amount of like say Boston college basketball. Right. But I know that you do, you know, right. I know <laughs> so <laughs> probably too much at times. Right. So like, I know that if I ask you, you know, if, if some, we want to break down some weird thing with Boston college basketball, like I know that you're going to be able to do that. Um, I, yeah, I think I said this actually when I had Caroline on last week that I got in trouble when I was doing color analysis on the Notre, on the Boston College Notre Dame game for saying, ooh, too many times um, when Boston College was playing. So that was not a particularly strong finish by the Eagles. And I, you know, while, while we're here, I actually like their lineup for next year, but assuming that's, you know, college basketball is back and all those things are good. So to your original point. Yeah, no, it's it was I mean, it can't be worse offensively than it was. Um, I It literally can't. Um, I wanted to have Joe on, too, though, because, yeah, he and Joe Ovius are, are starting a new show um, on 99.9 The Fan here in Raleigh starting on Monday. It's definitely strange. Um, it, this this has to be really strange for you because, you know, you're going into radio. I've come into radio before from like the journalism world and then to do that like on top of the situation we're dealing with now yeah it has to be pretty weird for you right now yeah it's unusual i spent uh 25 years at the news and observer and obviously that's excuse me i'm 44 so that's like my whole professional life i haven't had another job so that part's been different and then obviously with everything happening with basketball and, and the coronavirus and you know I think people are taking it more seriously now than even when we were in Greensboro, when they started to cancel the games and everything started to happen. So you're right. I, you know, we saw each other and I've been able to go up to the radio station a couple of days this week and 
but it's been unusual circumstances. And so uh, one of the great moments I've had with uh, Mark Gottfried was it's, it's never personal. It's never about you. Right. Like he called and yelled at me one time about, well, you know, I'm not the only person to ever lose to Carolina. I'm like, yeah, but you're the only one to lose by 51 points. I, you know, that's like, true. Like I had to point that out to him one time and I had to say to him, you know, it's not personal. I'm just pointing out what actually happened. And, you know, so I, to, to relate the got man to the coronavirus, you know, I don't take it personal. It's not it's happening to me. It's happening to everyone. So uh, I, I, I really just, I have to. I have to say, I love so much that you just found a way to relate Mark Godfrey to the coronavirus. <laughs> well, you know, you, you got to be able to use what you have. So, and, and I have a lot of Batman stories. So, oh boy, you know, I, I, I appreciate yes. my uh, my knowledge source. And now it's just such an unusual time, and and you did a great job writing about that last day there in Greensboro. It was just so surreal to think about what was happening, and it still is. It's only a week later. Uh, you know, it feels like it's a uh, 10 years later, though. It really does. It feels like it's been like at least a month and it has not. Um, yeah, it's and it's funny. Um, you, you came by my house. Yeah. Sorry, social distancing people. We did sit, you know, relatively far apart, but I was trying to train you on our website, you know, software or whatever you want to call it, our interface. I don't even know what the word is. Um, a platform, web hosting platform. Yeah, I don't know. Publishing platform. There we go. That that works. Um, and uh, just before you got to my house, you had gotten a call from Roy Williams, who was trying to clarify which day that y'all were starting the show. So just so y'all know what you're in for, that like, you know, they're going to have people on and and even people like Roy Williams. So that's exciting. Yeah. Roy, I thought he was four days late. And <laughs> the best part of it was he was like, well, Wanda told me. And I'm like, I go, Man, you, you blame actually, Wanda for everything. I was like, well, actually, you can go back. This is the one time, as and your husband would appreciate, Eric would appreciate this too. It's like, this is the one time you can go back to your wife and say, actually, <laughs> I was well, right. I had the day right. So, uh, no, he, he was, it's been even a busy couple of days for him. You know, his car broke down for Roy. His car broke down. And, I saw that. I saw that somebody like helped him out and he took a picture with him. With everybody in, in uh, Sanford there. And then uh, <laughs> he's been filming the PSAs for Governor Cooper too, which he's got another one he said coming up this week. So, um, Roy yeah, had to have been like, are you, Roy had to have been like, are you kidding me? Oh, <laughs> especially because he's not driving around in a, even a $50,000 car, you know? Like, no. He's, he's, he's funny though. I was like, well, what happened Wait, to your car? He goes, well, it's, it, ha- it's it happened like in Sanford. Floor. It's dead yeah. like a buffalo. <laughs> <That's what he's laughs> oh, Roy, it's dead like a buffalo. I didn't, that's, that's an analogy I've not heard. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. That's, that's not good. Yeah. With everything they've dealt with this season and like Roy's dealt with, I'm sure he's just like, seriously, you're really adding this on to me right now. Okay. Uh, it's on the way, though. So, you know, he's got his four McDonald's All Americans coming in, and they're obviously excited about their recruiting class and their health. They'll just, they'll just, all of Roy's good luck charms and everything else. They'll just pray for good health. Yeah, I mean, if 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 this year's any indicator, I guess they'll probably get like all the breaks this next year. Wish they got like none this year. So, um, yeah, I mean. It's just sort of like you, like I said, a weird time. Um, I know 
and people were worried and it was almost being treated in this weird situation when you left the NNO of like, oh, you're not going to write about state anymore. And it's like, no, you still are. And you already have for us. Um, you got in touch with CJ Bryce the other day. And I thought this was really interesting because I'm super fascinated by what players are sort of doing now and how they're handling all of this. And um, what were you sort of able to glean from CJ? I mean, I did read the story, but, you know. <laughs> he, he's still a little bit like us, just trying to figure out what happened. And it's just so, it just happened so quickly for him. He was like, you know, we were at the hotel, we were going through basically their walkthrough because um, I know a lot of people don't understand, like CJ Bryce got hurt in a practice before a game. So teams like NC State will go to the Dale Center and they'll go through like, hey, this is what Louisville likes to do. This is what, you know, this is whatever their opponent is that day. They'll go through some of their stuff. And that's kind of what they were doing about Duke over at the Grandover last Thursday because they were supposed to play the second game. And then all of a sudden, because remember earlier that morning, John Swafford said they were going to play the games. Oh, yeah. And so he was just kind of like, and not only that, I thought it was interesting. CJ had said to me, you know, we were watching all of the stuff on ESPN about the NBA and Rudy Gobert. And we were all just kind of like, uh, from a player's perspective, perspective, he was saying, it was almost a relief because they didn't really understand what was going on with the coronavirus. And it, he said it was really after watching all of the information on ESPN, it, it was almost like you obviously want to play. It's your senior year. It's the ACC tournament. But there was a part of him, he said, that was kind of relieved because it's just because of the unknown. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that Rudy Gobert getting it definitely made it seem real. And it was like, oh, crap. Right. We're going to be playing against each other in these close quarters and anybody could have it. And, you know, it'd be super easy to, to contract it. And, you know, it, it definitely felt real to me, too, when Lenny Ham afterwards was like, was like, yeah, he, they were asked if they were tested. He's like, where are the tests? I don't know where any tests are. And yeah. it's like, yeah, that's right. We're not, you know, dealing with NBA players here. So none of these dudes have been tested. We don't know who has it or who doesn't. So and think about how fortunate we always joke about the ACC tournament and it should be in Greensboro. It should be in DC, but think about how fortunate they are that it wasn't in Brooklyn because you see now with the NBA in particular, the Nets, the Sixers, the Bucks, the, you know, there's players like from almost every team from a, a very large percentage of teams now that are coming. Yeah. The Lakers players. too. Yeah. And you're seeing that. And it's almost like that was one good thing about, all in addition to all the other reasons of being in Greensboro was you were in an arena that was basically, you know, it was used for the women's tournament, but is you know, does not have that high volume of traffic. And we saw with John Forslund of the hurricanes, uh, doesn't necessarily have to be the NBA. You don't even have to be a, a professional hockey player. You know, they just happen to stay in the same hotel as the, the jazz on their trip to Detroit the day after the jazz left Detroit. So he stayed in his room. I know. It's Rudy Gobert's room. Unbelievable. Apparently, John's rolling deep, though. I mean, that that was my main takeaway. <laughs> they're really taking care of him. I know. I had the same thought. I was like, dang, if they're putting him in the same room that Gobert stayed in, he must be doing – they must think really highly of him, as they should, by the way. Absolutely. But the best play-by-play guy there is. I think his quarantine ends – kind of soon assuming he still doesn't have any symptoms and I think he still seems to be good so that's good news but like that's still really scary like can you I just couldn't imagine hearing that like oh my god what are you kidding me well, so for all of us too because obviously 
John spends a lot, Adam spends time with John and we spend time with Adam. And it, that to me was the one where I'm like, okay, I can see how this, because people think, oh, you have to like go to China or you have to go to Italy. And it's like, no, <laughs> that's not how we're all or connected. Have, right. Know? Or have contact with somebody who's been, you know, and they're, they're adding countries to the list all the time. So it's crazy. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting for me to read CJ say that because I think that there, you know, there there did seem to be a lot of mixed feelings, even with the Florida State players, where it was like they did want to play, but there was like this weird, there's just whole weirdness around it too of like, well, do we want to play? So, I, I think they just didn't want their seasons to be over, and I yeah. totally get, I totally get that, and and you got that same impression from CJ. I thought his idea was interesting about bringing players back for the NCAA tournament next year. Like, okay, you can't play the season, but you can come on back for the tournament if you're still around. That was pretty creative on his part, you know, because um, obviously he did get most of his senior season, but he's like, yeah, you know, I, I didn't get to play in the postseason. And I don't want to come back for the whole season, but, you know, you should call me up in March and I'll, I'll come back and play. And um, but that would be that would be fun. Uh, and it's kind of fun to think about, too. One of the things we're learning this month is how to kill some time and how to use your imagination. And and I think <laughs> I think CJ is already there um, and, and they're on extended uh, spring break right now. But, you know, he, he needs to finish out his degree this semester. And, you know, it's probably not going to be a. a, a graduation ceremony which uh, I mean I, yeah, I don't think about it every day of my life but it was a, a seminal moment in my life and one that I appreciated and um, one that you worked for you know and CJ you know started at UNCW and finished up his final three years at NC State and worked for his degree and should be able to celebrate that so some of that I think is weighing on him too and then you know obviously he has a, a future in professional basketball and and even if it's not in the NBA, a lot of times other leagues and other personnel find you at these workouts, at these pre-draft workouts. And those are all canceled right now. So or on hold at least right now. And so is he working out, though, like by himself? How is he handling that? Yeah, he's back in um, Charlotte. And okay. he's just kind of, you know, and you really can't play pickup because who that, the heck yeah. knows who else you're playing against. Um, yeah, he... he he also turned his ankle, don't forget, in the pit game. And he said, yeah, I, I would have played, obviously, against Duke. But, you know, he said it's not the worst thing in the world that he's been able to take a couple days off after the uh, ankle. And that was the other thing I thought was interesting is he had never had – he told me he had never had any serious injuries before. And so the, the concussion this year was really hard for him to, to, to process because it's also not like spraining an ankle. It's, it's a brain injury. He said, and he's like, for whatever reason, that just never, he never processed how difficult that would be to just try to deal with, deal with in just everyday life. Like he couldn't even look at his phone. Yeah. That was crazy to me too. I mean, I knew cause everybody was kind of like the way they had played the injury or the concussion was sort of weird because you kept getting the feeling he was going to be back like sooner than they were saying. And so people were like, what's going on? Is this more serious than they're letting on? Or is this actually not that serious and there's something else going on? Mm -hmm. So I think that that contributed to some of the rumor mill, which I thought was funny that you addressed with him as well. We're, we're, we're going to need you like on the rumor beat. I would I'm love here this. For it. Yeah. I'm like here for like it. what I, I need you to figure out what really happened to like Rashad McCants in 2005. Okay. <laughs> <I'm sure laughs> Do you remember that? Rashad. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. The, State game in Raleigh. I remember he didn't play, and and 
boy, that was a great game between those two teams. Um, Stayed ended up, that was Julius Hodge. They ended up in the Sweet 16. They were both up in Syracuse. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was one of the great coaching jobs by Roy to really, on the fly, shift the the scoring priorities on that team and and just yep. basically say, you know, we're, we're, we're going to ride Sean May and, and Raymond Felton. Yeah. They, weren't they chanting STD at him? I think so. The one in Raleigh? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I remember, like, I mean, I was in school at the time at Carolina and like rumors were crazy. Like there was a rumor he'd gotten some girl pregnant and like there was just all kinds of rumors going on. And I'm like, well, if he got someone pregnant, I don't know why that requires like missing games. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like (laughs) like some girl in high point. I remember that being a rumor that he got some girl in high point pregnant. And I'm like, I really don't see how that's applicable here at all and i actually finally believed like the autoimmune disease or whatever because i think that was the official like line was the autoimmune disease i believed it because i remember the duke game in chapel hills the regular season finale he didn't play but he was like dressed and his clothes were like hanging off of him and i was like yeah he looks like he's lost a lot of weight so i kind of buy that (laughs) i do remember that that outfit i think is immortalized on the walls at the uh, Smith Center. So, yes, you you say that and it's just kind of... Is it really? I, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. i, I got to check that out then because that that hang, that that stood out to me a lot back then because I was like, yeah, he definitely looks like he's been ill. But we could get you on this, like, talk to, like, well, Wes Miller might not tell the truth right now, but, like, talk to players from that team be like, what was really going on with him? Because <laughs> it sure was a weird thing. On for sure. Sure. Yes, of course. There Not might like be a university gag order on all Rashad yeah. topics, though. So, yeah, you probably have to get somebody too that's like not at all affiliated with either Carolina or like in the coaching world. So, because yeah. <laughs> I was going to say back in the day, Wes would be honest about everything, but you know he's got to be careful now. Um, yeah. So I, I did, yeah, they, I guess rumors with CJ were that like he'd gotten in a fight. I remember hearing that. Cause that like made the message boards and I remember, yeah, it was like a fight or, or something like that. And like with a manager, I, a I don't manager. remember. A ma- yeah. Well, it's funny because, and Joe obviously and I talked about this. Oh, so, so, you know, going forward. So you're, you're in the loop here. Joe is still officially Joe and I am now Jillio. So that way we, that. we can keep all of our Joe straight. Cause everyone knows Joe is Joe. So, um, it was funny yesterday. Joe was apologizing for being one of the people in my phone who I'm like, it's one thing for something to be on a message board. Right. But it's another thing for like Joe. And I had a couple other people in my phone who I like and are my friends. And we're like, like trying to ask me like, okay, for real, you don't have to report it, but just tell me what's going on. <laughs> and I'm like, guys. And so finally I was talking to Keats about it and I'm like, can you please help me with this? And I'm like sending him the texts and he's like, don't you think I would get rid of the manager before I got rid of CJ? And I was like, <laughs> look, nothing about this scenario makes any sense to me. So I'm just, but there's enough people who are my actual friends that I'm like, okay, fine. Let me figure this out. So you people can stop texting me. And sure enough, you know, they all got a big kick out of it. Craig Hamill, too, over at NC State was like, why? Because he, he had the same thing happening to him. He's like, I don't understand. Like, why would we punish a player and not the manager? <laughs> it's just like, 
And also, like, I don't. Also, like, if you're a state fan at this point, why, why would you really be surprised that I know it sounds absurd that Manny Bates caught him with an elbow and gave him a concussion, but like, why would that really be surprising to you that it happened to NC State? You know, like in a walkthrough in the most unique NC State way. Yeah, and that's I'm kind of remiss that I didn't. I'll have to go get Kevin to explain this. He's going to be on the show Joe and I on Tuesday about like what these walkthroughs are because when they said oh it was in warmups, people thought it was actually at PNC like ten minutes before the game. No, it was this. I was the morning. Yeah, I keep calling it a pregame practice where they're at the center. so I had Kelly Gramlich on um, from she, she covers Clemson. She works for ACC Network, covers women's basketball, too. But not long after this injury happened to CJ and she was actually telling me when she played at Clemson that she hated walkthroughs and she just mm-hmm. thought they were dumb and they were really dumb. And, and she was like, maybe this will help people get rid of walkthroughs. I'm, I'm over it. I'm done with walkthroughs. So I thought that was interesting because she's like, players hate it. You have to get up really early and yeah. like go do all this stuff. And it, you're just not, it, it's, she's like, I, I didn't like it. I never liked doing walkthroughs. I always, I, she's like, I, I felt like I always played better if we didn't, you know, have a chance to do that. So I thought that was interesting, but they, yeah, I, I, I knew they did them, but I never really thought that much about it until this happened, yeah. honestly, because I was like, I was like, oh, right. Walkthrough. Cause I, I did ask Craig that night. Cause somebody was saying on the message board that like it happened in warmups. And I was like, did this happen in warmups? And Craig, Craig was like, no. And I was like, okay. But when I found out it happened in walkthrough, I was like, well, I feel like you got off on a technicality there. Yes. Well, <laughs> and what was strange about it was it was, okay, this is how app state breaks their press. And they were going over App State's press break. And for whatever reason, Manny went up and dunked kind of at full speed and came down and it was his hand. And I remember I talked to CJ because uh, he remember he didn't even attend the next two games. Like that's how bad right. light sensitivity was. He said his headaches were just um, instant. And he, he showed me like where he got hit with Manny's hand. And then he's, he's like, the next time you see Manny, just ask him to show him your ha- his hands. And they're huge. You know, he's six. Yeah. He's, he's a really big kid. And, and Manny, as we've seen, is sort of like, he doesn't really know. <laughs> yeah. He's clumsy. He doesn't know what to do with his hands just yet. Mm-hmm. So, um, but he was like, yeah, he just caught me. It was like a, a bare knuckle fight. Basically. He said, I just got caught straight nose his hand so big got him in the mouth just right across the bridge there he said it's just a pure straight shot you know like a knockout and um it's a shame because he was having such a senior season and then when he came back you know he felt like i had a rush to get back and he did and even though he missed four games um that's how the concussion protocol works you have to past each step and you have to be clear for, I think it's either two or three days, you have to be symptom clear. And, you know, he kept having some issues and, you know, he had the two games where he didn't score and they, guess what? NC State lost both of those games uh, to Carolina at home, which was probably their worst game of the year and down at Georgia tech, which was a, um, a good game. Markel played really well. And so did Jose Alvarado. Um, I can't believe I just described that game as a good game. It was an entertaining game anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it was super weird and I 
I really hate it for him, like you said, because he was playing really well. Um, but yeah, that was a really interesting story. And y'all can check it out at WRLSportsFan.com. It should still be closest to the main page and you can find it there and you can find Joe's writing there as well. And um, we're obviously thrilled to have you and and it'll be really good. But um, what <laughs> I am curious, like revenue wise. OK, no, we have to get to this, though, because like the NCAA decided not to reveal the bracket which I get, but what, I wish there was a way to know if they would have gotten in. I think they would have, but I don't, we don't know. Yeah. And I get why the NCAA didn't because honestly, I think it's because bonuses were involved for these coaches. And I think not to be cynical about, you know, yes, it would be nice for CJ Bryce to know. Yeah. As a senior we made the NCAA tournament. Um, I do see the value in that. But I think for the NCAA, you, you start thinking about some of these bonuses that the coaches get that are worked into their contracts, 50000 100000 whatever it ends up being. And you have to start wondering, well, what, what, are, what are we really getting out of this exercise? And the, the data points, I get that too. Like you can't assume – um, these conference leaders, you can't assume Florida State was going to win the ACC tournament. You can't assume, um, not Michigan State, who was it? Maryland ended up winning the or sharing the Big Ten. Yeah, I, it was like Maryland and Wisconsin and somebody Wisconsin, else, right? right. Been yeah. Or was it Maryland and Wisconsin? Yeah. yeah. So I get why they didn't do it. I think it would have been nice for them. I think there's probably a way they could have done something and said these are the 68 teams or whatever that they could have worked around. But you know the NCAA. They're not really in the work with me, work around business. It, it, it's a lot of – there's a lot of black and white with them. Money-wise, I don't know how much you know about like what that would this would mean for really all the schools. But like what position does missing out on – you know, getting units in the NCAA tournament, um, what does that do? Or does the ACC have enough with like the TV deal and everything else that it doesn't have to worry as much as maybe some of the smaller leagues? Yeah, I think all of the Power Five conferences are still going to be in fairly good position financially. They're gonna, probably going to have to make some, maybe some personnel moves as we go along here in terms of furloughs and maybe some of that other type of stuff for tax purposes, but I think, yeah, you're right. They're obviously in better position than some of these smaller schools that are going to really be missing that revenue. And then we don't really know yet how the TV money is going to work when there are no games to put on TV. And it's like, we were joking last night, Kevin Jones actually lives across the street from me, he works for WRL and sales. And we were joking last night, like, um, obviously the NCAA tournament is insured. He's like, and, and who wouldn't insure that? Like, what's, what's it going to take to cancel the NCAA tournament? He's like, well, I can promise you that guy's fired today. <laughs> who took out that insurance policy? Oh man. Um, so that's part of it. You know, I, I think I, I, I'm kind of blissfully choosing not to go down the road of, um, some of the financial ramifications for all this. Cause there's real, financial implications to this for, for everyone, not just these schools that are um, making serious money off of unpaid labor. So 
uh, I'm choosing to kind of focus on, on the, on the businesses that you and I usually go to. And, uh, I'm going to worry about them first and worry about us first. And then obviously the longer this drags out, you're going to have, it'll be interesting. And this is where those we'll use the air quotes partnerships between these conferences and ESPN or whoever else they might have their, you know, NBC for the case of, uh, Notre Dame, how, how great and strong those, those partnerships really are. Yeah, I was I was listening to podcasts ain't played nobody. Actually, I'm not through the episode yet, but they had Matt Brown on from SB Nation talking about just like you said, the power five leagues are probably fine. But like, it's really the smaller schools that are going to be in trouble and maybe they can take out loans and stuff like that. But like, you know, there are leagues that were really counting on that money um, because they at least are guaranteed some money because everybody's guaranteed a spot. So you get a unit that way. But it's like. It's just, yeah, yeah, especially like HBCUs and smaller schools like that. I, I mean, they're going to be in a world of hurt after this. It's ugh, I, it's not good, but hopefully it all works out and hopefully people can step up and, and help out. And I mean, gosh, if this goes into college football season, especially for some of those smaller schools that are playing like those guarantee games against, you know, power five teams like that's a source of income that's like a big portion of their athletics budget to play those guarantee games and i think it was bronco mendenhall who said yesterday that there's already at least in his mind a contingency to only play conference games next year because if really yeah because if if you think about it in this last into july and players can't report then that pushes back the whole season and if the first thing to go is going to be the non-conference games this wow. is what he said. Um, so uh, my guess is the ACC has already at least talked a little bit to these coaches about – you would hope anyway because you want to have plans and you want to figure out – but nobody knows right now. That's kind of the little bit of the danger in all this is to try to extrapolate really what's going to happen because we just don't know. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, there's I, I've got a million scenarios running through my own mind, too, of like what's going to happen, because part of me thinks like at a certain point, they're just going to be like, well, you know, we tried to isolate for a little bit and now we got to get back to business and they'll just say, screw it and let everybody go out there and get it and develop herd immunity. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's just I, I don't know what's going to happen. We just don't know. We, we have no idea. I, I, it's scary, though, for sure, um, especially for people that have you know, issues where if they got this, it would be way more dangerous for them than, than somebody else getting it. So stop going to the beach, kids. Yeah. Stop it. Y'all are making me mad. Yes. Yeah. You don't think I want to go to the beach? I'd love to go to the beach. You're killing me. <laughs> I'm from New Jersey and um, some of my friends up there right now, because they're a little, they're getting closer to that Italy type scenario where they're realizing, oh, yeah. you know, we were ignoring this for too long. And obviously the population in New Jersey is greater than it is here. But he was saying, yeah, like the first couple of days, people were out at bars and acting like it was spring break and that it was time off. And it's like, he's like, no, you, you've got to stay home and stay away from other people and let this thing flatten out. And now they're really, he's like the grocery stores were like uh, end of days. He's like, it's just a, uh, He's like, it's, it's chaos. So, yeah, I might end, end up being one of those like stalker uppers, but that's like at the ABC store, probably. <laughs> Priorities, you know. Well, because like, I feel like that will be, that'll be closed before like the grocery store, probably. 
So I feel like I need to get it while it's still open. (laughs) The grocery stores are going to stay open. That's the thing. Yeah. Got to plan ahead. Um, Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And who knows what's going to happen. I just, I, I can't take, I I can't take much more of this. It's already driving me insane and it's barely been a week. (laughs) It's just like, I need, I like, I'm, it's weird. I worked from home for so long um at the start of my career and like now i'm going through all of this like reverse social anxiety where i'm like i need to see other people this is driving me crazy it is different when you're like the first couple days i was over at the radio station and as you know over at the radio station people are basically in the studio they're they're not out at their desks or out of their cubicles and i'm like looking around for people and i'm like i can't work like this like i need (laughs) I don't need the Cameron crazies like over my shoulder, but I do need a little bit of bustle and movement for my brain to get triggered a little bit. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's different and hopefully that'll be our biggest problem, right? Is that you had to stay home for a couple of weeks and stay away from people and, and hopefully everything gets straightened out and football comes back and we're, we're, we're hopefully on track for that. So Hopefully, yeah. Um, you're keeping track of the transfer portal as well, because I guess some players are, you know, coming to grips with the fact that the season's over and they have to make decisions. Um, it hasn't been super, super busy though, right? Except no. at Syracuse. Syracuse. <laughs> well, it's like Syracuse lost three guys they didn't play. So now, why didn't they play them? I, I don't know. Who knows what Beheim's up to up there? He's a little bit of a mad scientist. Obviously, Landers Nolly was the big name. Over at Virginia yeah. Tech, he had a great year after sitting out last year as what they call now as a academic redshirt. And honestly, I forgot he was even going to be eligible this year. I thought, and I I think very highly of Mike Young, Mike Young, but I thought they were going to struggle this year. And the game I saw him play, honestly, he looked like Kevin Durant. It was like, who the heck is this kid? And they beat Michigan State early. And then I don't know what happened because I actually thought he was going to go pro. I mean, the way he was playing early in the season, it just looked like, okay, well, he's going to go pro. And when they announced the transfer, one of the things he said, Nolly said was, oh, I want to play the guard position or his handlers or whoever. He wants to play more of a pure guard position where I think with young, they had him kind of as a stretch four, and, um, yeah, I was surprised by that one. And Trey McGowan's a pit. I know you have your thoughts on Trey. Well, both of the guards that came back for Cable this year, him and Xavier Johnson, because they played really well last year, and I really thought they'd take like a step forward. And I just, whenever I watched them play, they kind of drove me insane, so I can only imagine how Cable felt. <laughs> they had a little bit of the too many cooks in the kitchen there. Um, Xavier Johnson, Trey McGowan's, and Champagny really kind of came on. And to you, I love Champagne. Yeah, he was probably their best player this year. It's, I was doing my um, all ACC voting, and I actually reached out to Matt Pliska, who was a longtime SID at Duke, and was like, "All right, man, I need to fill out my ballot here. Who would you put as your best player?" And, and he actually said Champagne. So, oh, good. Um, I thought McGowan statistically, um, Joe's Roto team says he was really good this year, but. You can't always vote based on my roto team results. So, 
Well, and I was going to say, at least for like to go back to Nolly for a minute, and I have to do this for my Virginia Tech people, especially my Virginia Tech people who are into advanced stats, looking at his Ken Palm, um, 100 is not a super high efficiency number. It's it's pretty good, but it's not amazing. Um, and he was over 100 in offensive efficiency just once in 2020. So, yeah, he kind of fell off there after he was over 100, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times um, in the beginning of the year. Um, yeah, he was over 100 uh, just twice. OK, twice in 2020, but still. And only once after January 11th against, you guessed it, NC State. <laughs> he was really good that day. Uh, yeah, I think he had 27 or 28 uh, against State in a game that like 29. Yeah. CJ Bryce didn't play. Yep. And State just couldn't keep up with him. Everyone else on the team was you know, just OK. Um, but yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see what they look like next year without him. Obviously, they they started to make a little bit of a transition over the last four or five weeks of the season. I liked Radford. Yeah, I was going to say you saw more of their guards kind of taking a leadership and and lead scoring roles. And um, he's a really good coach. I, I'm not worried about what he's going to do with them because no, uh, he's one of the best X and O guys there is in the league. What's the number at now for transfers? It's not that high, right? It's like, I mean, I think we hit everybody. Um, three from Syracuse, McGowns, Nolly, and Darius Perry from Louisville. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And anybody from state on the radar or not really? Um, I don't know if it'll be a trans. I, I don't think it'll be transfer. I do think DJ Funderburk will probably try to figure out his pro potential. Um, okay. Whether that's NBA or somewhere else, don't forget he spent a year at Ohio State. He spent a year. Yeah, at he's Juco, older. So you're getting into some of that. Um, not that they have a ton of forwards coming in next year. It's they have one, but it's their influx from that highly rated class will be in the in the backcourt. Um, so I, they need know, they need Manny then to like take yeah, a step up. They, well, Manny Jericho would be more so in his role. I I don't know what DJ is going to do. Obviously, this complicates that for the same reasons it does when we talked about with CJ Bryce. A lot of the times, players like that catch somebody's attention when it's like, oh hey, you know we're going to bring in you know James Wiseman to work out. We want you to work out against them. Well, okay, then you make a mark and you're like, oh. Well, that, that kid's pretty good. And you start looking at the way that he played in the second half of the season. DJ was was good. Um, so that's the one I, I have in my own mind about who could possibly make a decision. But transfer-wise, it's tough because you are bringing in those guards and you, you do figure they're going to be developed. Um, but Braxton has such a – kind of like CJ, Braxton has such a great relationship with Kevin that I find it hard to believe he would he would go somewhere else. Um. Yeah, he's and Kevin yeah. has like and Keats has like stood up for him all season long, mm-hmm. and so have I. I like Braxton, and <laughs> I've been saying all year, state fans need to leave him alone yeah, because year. he's he's yeah, trying as hard as he can. Yeah. Like he's got a bad back, and he's not super fast anyway, so he's not going to be great defensively, and he's also tiny. But that's okay. It, like it was the weight game where he made those threes, and you're sitting there remembering yourself, and even Kevin said it, it was like, oh. That's what we're supposed to kind of look like with right. all of our parts and some other stuff like that. And that's why I do feel bad. Just to kind of circle back to CJ and say it a little bit would be, you know, he, he said to me, he's like, we actually were playing our best. 
You know, it wasn't yeah. like last year where it was like, oh, I stumbled in a little bit. Um, I know it's Wake Forest. I know it's Pitt. But they, they hammered Wake when Braxton played really well. And then they, they really took care of Pitt in, in Greensboro. Yeah. No, I agree. I, they were playing as well as they'd been playing all year because they struggle with Pitt at home, like not that long before. And they, and they, you know, took care of business and did what they needed to do in both of those games. And yeah, you're right. It's like, what might've been, I guess we'll never really know. Um, you know, but it, um, I, before I get you out of here, cause I can hear that your dog is like very <laughs> dogs making an appearance on this podcast is a tradition. Um, unlike any other, uh, but, um, did you see the ACC putting out that bracket of players? Yeah, I was going to let you handle the angst on that one. Um, <laughs> and I love I mean, when it was Lonnie Walker that triggered you. Well, and not one of the other omissions that they clearly... So, okay, here's the thing. The rule, I guess, was like with this bracket, and you can find it um, at their at the ACC's Twitter account. It's at ACC Men's Basketball, I think. But So, I think they had a certain, like, standard of rules that they had to follow in that like you had to have a certain number of representatives from each school which okay um but like i even had issues with some of that like lonnie walker getting in over like uh jack mcclinton even is ridiculous to me (laughs) and i like lonnie but like what are we doing um if you have to have a representative at least give me like give me McClinton and you know Malcolm Delaney not getting on a team or, like for Virginia Tech are you serious yeah, yeah like no, I'm all all due respect to Ace Custis yeah yeah whoever that is well he was a pretty good player but keep, I believe keep I know in mind, Virginia Tech wasn't very good at basketball not that they are now but they they really had some lean years there so Ace and Del Curry were um about it for them, uh, did they put Del Curry at least for? Yeah, he yeah, made it. They did. Okay. Um, and Eric yeah, Green made well, it. And then no Len Bias. You know, we're not going to do Maryland. It's like guys, uh, no Juan Dixon. I mean, that killed me. You're yeah. talking about two of the best players, two of the ten best players in league history, and Len Bias and Juan Dixon. So, um, I, I was trying not to. I really was letting. I was driving home yesterday and heard you on with Joe and Adam. And I was like, yeah, I could, I could feel your anger building. And I could also sense, I don't want to get into that same position. So I'm just going to let you handle the the angst on this one. (laughs) That's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something to pass the time. They have to do something, but like, you know, I, I get they're trying to simulate the NCAA tournament field to an extent, too, because obviously, like, the best team from, like, the Southland is not going to be better than a team that gets left out from another league. But at the same time, I don't think that's quite the same thing in this scenario because, like, there's no Jay Williams on this list, for instance. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, Phil Ford is a six seed. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's insanity. It's just crazy. Um, if you ask most Carolina fans, they will tell you the best player in their school history is Bill Ford. Yes. Um, and, and obviously he did not have a national championship, but his value in the 70s at a time when NC State was, you know, running the ACC. And if he had gone to NC State, that would have changed a lot of different things. So his value to Carolina fans is is that, that he really is the one who – um, kind of turned the the rivalry in Carolina's favor at a time when it really was running red. 
The yeah, the root of and by the way, that's like the root of Roy Williams, yeah. like deep seated hatred yes. of NC State is the yes. fact that they had these amazing teams in the seventies, and NC State was just this like hump they could not get over. Um, with especially when David Thompson was there, yeah. they just couldn't could not climb that mountain until really until David left. Well, Phil got him at the end there in seventy five. That was finally when Tommy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. By that point, but yeah, I mean, Phil Ford's a super important player in ACC history. I don't know how to downplay that or 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 add as more importance to that as I possibly can. But and uh, I know, like, yeah, because yeah, they had Tyler Hansborough as a two. Yeah. So and, I mean, you could have switched those. History. Yeah. You could have switched those easily, yeah. <laughs> and everybody would have understood. You know, correct. correct. It's, I mean, yeah, the because somebody was like, "How is Hansborough a two? And I'm like, "Well, probably the scoring and the rebounding, yeah. but, but like Phil and what he did, yeah." And I'm, I'm going through these triangle time hops I've been doing, and you can check those out at wrlsportsfan.com for every day. And I'm reminded of like this weird thing with Carolina basketball. No one's gonna feel sorry for them, so I understand that. But like Dean Smith, I think would have won way more titles if like they had this weird thing keep happening to them. And it really even continued with like Kendall Marshall and stuff where their point guards would always take these injuries either around the postseason or like in it. (laughs) And like Phil got hurt in 77. And I think that that really he got hurt uh, right before he hit the game winner against a game winning free throws against Notre Dame. And that really changed kind of the outcome of that tournament, too. Yeah, Marquette, Al McGuire. Um, yeah, it's look the ACC history. It's important that we kind of continue some of the things that we've learned from the from people like Colton Tudor and, and others who have covered this league for so long. And you know, you, you think about some of these brackets on Twitter, and you realize it's not necessarily for us. <laughs> it's for um, they don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, which I always kind of get a kick out of, like these ACC legends class, you know, and it's like, well, we don't want so-and-so to feel left out. It's like, we don't want Syracuse to feel left out. It's like, well, they probably don't, you know, like, well, Syracuse didn't play Sy- the ACC. That's fine. He doesn't care, you know. I mean, yeah, just like throw, throw a bone to CJ Fair. He played in it. Sure. Uh, Ennis, you know, it's like. Yeah, there's ways I mean, around it. Boston. College. At a certain point, like you're gonna run out of legends, right? Like right. at a certain point, like if you're Virginia Tech, you're you know if you're you're gonna be bringing in like God, what was that? What was that guy's name? Not Jeff Allen, the other one, um, the the big guy that always fouled. Um, <coughs> that, but was pretty solid. Like at a certain point, you're gonna end up with that. Sedarian Reigns. Oh my God, I forgot about Sedarian Reigns. Wow, that's a blast from the past. No, it was this big guy. He like tweeted angrily at me one time. I can't Whoa. remember his name. Yeah, because I said something about him fouling all the time. I was like, sorry, it's, it's what you do. Like, yeah, at a certain point, we're going to, he's going to, like, we're going to have Darrell Eddy as like an ACC legend. <laughs> you well, know? I think we're already there, but. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. All right, well. If you don't have any outrage for the bracket, I respect it. Um, yeah. I was I was glad they had Malcolm Brogdon as an uh, on there too for Virginia as like an eight. That felt about right. But yeah, you're, it's never going to be perfect. I did love that they have David Thompson and Michael Jordan in the same region um, as the one and two seeds. So, yeah. but like it, this is a bracket that doesn't have Sam Perkins in it. <laughs> there's so many. 
It's like, Carol what are we guy. doing? Yeah, I, I think and Duke Adam. guys too. Yeah, I think it was Adam saying they could have just a Carol on a Duke bracket, and then. Well, <laughs> just so you know, they're they're updating our capabilities at work. I think so that we, we, in theory, we can do brackets. So maybe that's where we'll get to at a certain point of like trying to generate content. We give, can, it, give them the actual one. Yeah. With uh, yeah. Lenny and uh, Juan Dixon. Yeah. I, I'm up for oh, it. We'll, we'll I, correct some wrongs there. I'm with you. Juan Dixon would easily make my like top five favorite players ever. Um, although I did have to sadly relive the moment of my favorite player, Dante Calabria, uh, being eliminated in the Texas Tech game the other day during my time hop. Oh, the Darvin Ham. I I hate I hate it. I irrationally hated Darvin Ham for so long, and he didn't even like the thing is I'm like looking back at that box score too. He didn't even do anything in that game. It was other guys that like went crazy. I mean, he had a good game, but like that wasn't the reason. <laughs> uh, it was Dante going over or whatever he did. He had you a terrible game. Dante played high school basketball four, right? Uh. I did used to know this. He played. He's from Beaver Falls, right? Yep. Okay, but who was his coach? The Miller brothers, their dad, John, was the coach. Archie. Oh, okay. Yeah. His dad. Really? Was yeah. It was their high school coach. Was Dante's high school coach? Yep. Oh wow! Yeah, I used to know every fact about Dante. So, like, literally, I'd like studied the media guide and everything because I was. Where is he now? Uh, he is a high school coach, I want to say. Is he? Yeah. Cool. I, I used to follow him on Twitter. He got a little crazy, so I unfollowed because I just want to remember him the way that he was. <laughs> kind of like Dennis just, You're like, hey, you were really funny once. And, 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 <laughs> I, I feel good. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'll get you out of here. Um, thanks so much for doing this. Guys, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, I think I did record uh, my son talking about the ACC the other day. Um, I don't know if my producer, Nada, will put this in the podcast or not, but I'll send it to him and we'll see. Um, but you guys seem to enjoy my kid talking about anything. So um, if he puts it in, enjoy it. And until next week, bye-bye. What have you been up to, buddy? Yeah, you go <laughs> like a mushroom that cold. Like a mushroom that what? That cold poison and candle. Candle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Hey, Alex, what do you think about sports being canceled? Um, poison. That's poison? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. And it's a bucket of head of, of, of. Bucket uh, of head of what? Of, of mushrooms that called poison. <laughs> a bucket of mushroom heads with poison? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's what sports being canceled is to you? Yeah. And like, and like a duty. And like a duty. Yeah. Okay. Tony says that all time to the poison. Tony says that all the time to the poison? Yes. Who do you impose the duty tax to? Oh, boy. Listen to that dad joke. Is that an export joke? 
Exports or imports, yeah. And, the, and there's a poison one. <laughs> Did you see that? That was poison. That was poison.